So how do you talk about race in America and who should be the ones talking about it? On this episode of The Uncomfortable Truth, we're gonna explore just that. This is Loki Mulholland, and it's time to get uncomfortable. Well, hello, how you doing? Well, I'm all right. Uh, I, you know, I go to uh, therapy three times a week and I have uh, acupuncture, so I'm doing okay. I've just been asked by the town if I want wanted to uh, be on a committee uh, to talk about a race in America. So I don't know what that means. And I sent a note back that said, I don't know what that means, but I'm willing to do it. I, I, th- I think the, pro- the problem is that uh, we're all afraid of each other. But I do know that we're not going to get anywhere until we can talk to each other. Yeah. Well, that's what we're doing here. Right. Just as a quick reminder for those who are listening, we, we highly recommend watching the film The Uncomfortable Truth or listen to its podcast form to better understand who we are and our backgrounds. But in a nutshell... I'm white, and LaVon, you're... Um, at the last time I checked, I was black. All right, all right, so good. <laughs> so, so, so I want to quote uh, something from a fellow Mississippian of yours, oh. uh, Richard Wright. Oh, okay. For those who, who don't know, Richard Wright was this you know, famed author out of Mississippi who wrote the books Black Boy and Native Son, and he was living as an expatriate in Paris when he was asked by a reporter about the Negro problem in America. Mm-hmm. And he replied, there is no Negro problem in the United States. There's only a white problem. Right. So a little background. What is the Negro problem? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the problem now is, I, I don't know that there is a, there's a, there's a problem in America, but it's not a Negro problem. As a matter of fact, it's not a white problem. The, when I talk about, to, when I used to go out and talk to classes and stuff, I stopped talking about uh, African-Americans as, we have a day, we have a month, we have a problem, we have, it is a problem that is seen from the, that should be seen from the viewpoint of the black man and the white man, because it's not going to get fixed otherwise. Uh, the, the, I don't know, what's, what's, what's viewed as a problem is has to do with, we don't act like the white man, we don't talk like the white man. Well, we never did. And when we do, we're put down for that. You know, it's called acting white or it's called acting whatever, or you're not like the rest of them. And that says to me that, one, we don't uh, accept each other. And two, the white person don't accept us as us. And I think that's what he meant. Historically, there was something that was called the Negro problem. The idea is simply that... uh, look, we got all these black people here that are now free. What are we going to do about them? Right. But the real thing is, oh, no, we have a lot of black people who are free. You know, how do we how do we maintain the status quo? Right. How do we control them? And now, right, how do we control them? And so, so you know, with, with Richard Wright, it was, we don't have a, a Negro problem in America. We have a white problem. Right. And the white problem is, is what they've constructed. Right. And the mentality they have, the things they've been taught, the way they, you know, the way they think, and how they project that racism to maintain things—it goes on to this day, right? And not having that willingness, there might be that desire, but that hesitation or whatever it might be to have those conversations, real meaningful relationships and conversations. Yeah, but the the, the problem was, 
every it's 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 blaming the victim. I, that's the best way I can put it. We are we are as a black person, we are the result of a racism in this country, but we get blamed for it. That's wrong. Without if we don't look at both sides of the coin, we will never solve the problem. All right, well, let me ask you this then. So, racism. Who's who's whose problem is that? Both. And I think it's mainly the white person's problem because he wants to protect what he thinks he has. The white people in this country, you know, they make on the news a, a lot of noise about uh, the white person is not the majority anymore and the minorities are taking over. The white person for years have been convinced that they have something that the black man does not. They don't. They they have, you know, the, the black slaves had, you know, the the the, uh, the dirt floor. The white slave had two rooms with dirt floors. They didn't have anything, so they became white people. There's no such thing. Uh, there's no such thing as as white people or black people. There are people in America. There are rich people. There are poor people. So they, rather than give the poor person what they want, they say, "Well, you're white." Look right. at elevated look, look, to the elevated to the status that exists for the like the planner elite and so forth. Hey, you're, you're kind of like us. Exactly. We are. We are. It's just that when you look at at, at, at the current president and he talks about what he's going to do for the working man, and both parties do this, and what they're going to do for the middle class. And they're not talking about black people when they do this, but they're not doing anything for either one. So the white the white guy turns around and says, "Aha! I know why I'm not getting what's mine. It's those black people." Well, I we're not taking anything from them, but they can't see that. They refuse to see that. And if you're a poor white person, what what would I be taking from you, anyways? Exactly. You have nothing I want. You are the person that ought to be my friend, that ought to understand what's happening to you, but you can't. And what happen, what's happening is more and more, we're just talking to each other. So, so I really want to talk about this like idea of, of the conversation of racism. So, okay. So I, I know white people don't really talk about racism because we don't see ourselves as the problem. No. I mean, quite, quite, quite frankly, it's like, well... Uh, rarely will you find a white person who would actually admit that they're racist. We see racism simply as something that bad people do, and then right. we can point to the old. We can point to the photos, like at the lunch counters and the you know the burning buses, the you know you know the police dogs and those sort of things, and see and just and, and right. it's easy for me to go say, hey, that's not me. I didn't do that. Right. But right. And the problem is, is, is that. And the reason we're having this conversation is that when white people do get together and talk about race and racism, historically, that hasn't really ended well for you or for people like you. No, because the white people want to define what racism is. All right. And they can't define it. They can't define it. It's like you get a room full of people, uh, men, Mm -hmm. and they're going to solve the woman problem. Why doesn't that apply? When a bunch of white people get together, they've got to hear the truth. We don't want a bunch of white men uh, 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 sitting in a room solving the problem of women 
why is it that it's okay for this room full of white men to solve the problem of blacks? They're not going right. to, they don't know how to be truthful. It's not that they don't want to be. It's what, what they're doing, what a lot of people do, If and, and you sit in the room more than I do, but what a lot of people do is they make up the, the what what is racism, uh, they address it, and they leave the room and they never do anything else. Right. And so it's, it becomes like, a, uh, I'm going to tell you, you know, I, I can punch you in the arm and I'll tell you if it hurts or not. Exactly. But you, but you don't get to tell me if it hurts or not. But no, no, I'm going to no, tell no, you. Like, so you'll tell so, me. So yeah, so I mean, it's like, well, look, that wasn't racist. The the police were just merely, you know, responding or whatever. You know, whatever the scenario right. might be, it could be anything, and suddenly it becomes, you know, a defensive mechanism to say, well, that's not what I meant. Right. I don't know. White people, you no, know, the truth bothers them because they think they're going to be blamed for something, and quite frankly, it does happen at times that they are. It sounds to them, every time you talk about racism and race, it sounds to them like you're accusing them. They immediately become defensive. And I don't know how do you stop that. An Ordinary Hero was my first award-winning documentary. It's about the life of my mother, Joan Trumpower Mulholland, and her participation in the civil rights movement. For most of us, our mothers are heroes because they're mothers, and mom is just mom. But when your mother's a civil rights icon, and yet you never really knew it, things change. Go check out An Ordinary Hero and find out how choosing to do what was right instead of what was easy helped change the world. You can find it on Amazon Prime or visit LokiMulholland.com to purchase a copy for your collection. I was up at a school in Connecticut and a little boy said to me, how do you feel being a black man sitting here talking to these white people who have, uh, you know, money and, and position and stuff. Now, I didn't want to tell him that his classmate, he had two black people sitting in the back, but uh, his, <laughs> his question was one. Now they're, now they're invisible. Yeah, right. His question was one of honesty. But they're, not, but, but they're not real black people. They're not real black right. people because, but, you know. Yeah, you know. but I was a black guy. So, but, you know, you have to be honest with them. And you can't. You know, I, I something like that doesn't even make me mad. And I asked him, I said, if I, first of all, it's our history. It's right. not black history. It's not white history. It's our history. We grew up in America. Now, you grew up hearing one thing. I grew up hearing something else. But we both grew up in America. So stop thinking it's my problem. I don't have a problem. We do. Mm. And that's the, that's the message that white people need to get. And black people need to get the same message, that there are white people who will fight our battles. And there are some that will just go so far because they think they will go to Barack Obama and that's it. Right. We had one black president. All right, we're still paying for that. But we still, you know, it, it ask me what how I feel when I go in a store and somebody follows me around because I'm black. Right. Or ask me if I get pulled over by a cop and I'm nervous that because I'm black, I got to worry about the kind of car I drive. I got to worry about what I say. I got to worry about where my hands are. That's racism. You know, it's not a something that you, 
uh, just put aside or that you, I don't know how you explain to people that that is a feeling of racism. It's, it's not, and it's not blaming them, but they always feel blamed. Right. That's the problem. And we, we, meaning the black man, are supposed to fix that problem. That's another problem. We're supposed, we have to now go out and be non-threatening. And I know a lot of black people who are non-threatening. Mm. They have to function that way. They go to work that way. They rise in corporations that way. They get on airplanes dressed a certain way. All of that goes on. So if the white people would just ask me, what is it that the black person does? Why do you call this racism? So is there, I mean, we're going to go down this rabbit hole for a moment here, but is it because our country is so hyper-segregated that there's not enough interaction between authentic interaction and relationships between blacks and whites that unless you conform to the ideal of what I feel is safe, then I'm just not comfortable. You, you might be too black. I mean, Will, Will Smith is safe, right? Right, 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 right. Right, right, right. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, we know, we know <laughs> we, him. Obama's safe. Yeah, yeah. Sidney yeah. Poitier was safe. But yes, I, I think that's why. I think, who was it? I don't forget the, 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 the person who said it when they talked about the most segregated hour in America. Church. Right, church. White, you see white people go to church. You see black people go to church. Now, they're all Christians, supposedly. We ain't talking to each other. We're not observing each other in the way we live. If you go on vacations, you watch where black people go and where white people go. There's a reason for that, right? Because they want to be comfortable, they meaning black people, and white people want to be comfortable. And we don't feel that, now I'm, I'm slightly different, but the, the the black person does not feel that if they go where a lot of white people go, they're going to be made comfortable. So when you say comfortable, you're talking about being allowed to express yourself the way that you feel natural in expressing yourself. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to rape anybody. I'm not going to beat anybody up. I'm just having fun. Well, it's like the ladies that were uh, on like some wine tasting train ride or something like that in California. And now they were being too loud. Right. Right. They have rules. Oh, they have rules. Yeah. You have to, and the rule is, the underlying rule is, you act like us and you'll be okay. Well, let me ask you this. Because cause you get people who, you know, African-Americans say, well, why can't we just have our thing? Why do white people have to be involved? Right. Well. But you also get, but but then if a white person says that, well, well how, you know, look, why can't I just have my own thing? Why do, why do I have to have white, have black people there? For it to be okay. It's not a have to. It's a want to. All right. If you look at that, the history of this country, when they had a Black Miss America, they used to have a Black Miss Teen America. They had a, everything was, it was made that way. Mm -hmm. So people don't know any better. The white people went, the schools, you name it. They were segregated. So... How is the black person supposed to know that I'm going to be welcome in this neighborhood? Mm. Unless a white person tells them, oh, by the way, you're not welcome in this neighborhood, or you are welcome. Like when we were looking for our house, the 
Flint, now they're not supposed to say this, but the agent that we had said, you can live in this town if you want to, but I can tell you right now, they don't want you here. Right. So there's a lot that goes on that forces Black people to feel comfortable around other Black people, to have white people feel comfortable around other other white people. And that's okay as long as it's not have to. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you're right. choosing to not because of the person's color or not because you're afraid or not because they do this and we do this. No, it's just that that's just how we are. But now we have this fear of, of talking to each other. Right. If we have this fear of talking to each other, that fear is based on... History. Well, history, right. But then on the top of that, it becomes this... I'm afraid that if I might say something, you might take misconstrue it and think that I'm a racist, and all of a sudden, we're back to square one. Right. The, that we don't give people the space to make mistakes. Exactly. No, we don't. We used to, but we don't anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, to get back to the basics, if we're going to have this, these real conversations on race and racism, uh, one, it just can't be a bunch of white people it, talking to it each should, other. Right, it shouldn't be. It, it, and it can't be a bunch of black people talking to each other because, really, it's a white problem, you know, quite frankly. Yeah, well, um, yeah. well, I mean, let me think about it for a second. I mean, if, if whites created white supremacy, shouldn't we be at the forefront of dismantling it? Absolutely. But but but, okay. but that's not what happened. But, 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 right, but this conversation then can't be in a vacuum of just white people talking to white people because at the end of the day, it's the impact and understanding what's happening with our actions. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm out there burning crosses, right. but it's my everyday thoughts, you know, that unconscious bias, they call it. Right, 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 right. exactly. But if I can have a real conversation with you and you are allowing me to make my mistakes and not jump down my throat right. for it, that we could suddenly... Have a have a broader understanding, and, and 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 let there be disagreement. Right, that's how people learn. That's how we all learn that way. We make mistakes, and you're certainly going to make mistakes uh, if you are not. If you live in a world that's all white or all black, and 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 you're afraid to be in the other world, yes, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say things. So I'm going to tell you. Why that's racist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say to you, that's racist because, or I feel this way because, and you're going to tell me, well, I believe X. Because you, you, you touched on an important point. You can either say it's racist or you can say why it impacts me. Right. It can be the same thing. Right. Or it can be different, but more importantly, it's about making it personal. Exactly. It has to be. Right. You know, when I'm giving a speech and I want to talk about racism and race, mm-hmm. I'm going to sit in a room with, with a bunch of people and I'm going to tell them how I feel. You have to make it that way to make it to make people understand that what you just said hurts me. Let me give you an example. So people talk about all the statues that are put up after the Civil War. Mm-hmm. But they have all these people and they have all these statues. So everybody is worried about taking the statues down. And all the white people are pissed. No, not everybody. Well, that's true. <laughs> Black people aren't worried about taking them down. They want them down. <laughs> well, I think, I, think they should, I think they should stay up, and I think they should put a sign up there that says what this person is. Because if people are going to argue about the statue, 
That's a mistake. That's not what the problem is. Those people are dead. Now, if you sit there and tell me that, well, that's my history and that's what, well, now you, that's bullshit. But that means something to you. So what does it mean? Mm. You know, why can't I put a sign over here that says General So-and-so was a racist? He fought on the side of racism. This is what it means to me. He fought, right, exactly, exactly. If you want to say that this that this 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 means my heritage, this means this that and this, well then I should have an equal space to say what it what it means to me. There you go. There you go. In my other life, I'm a filmmaker, and one of my more fascinating films I created is the award-winning film titled Black, White, and Us. It's about viewing racism through the lens of transracial adoptions in Utah. Utah? Yeah, Utah. It just so happens to be the transracial adoption capital of the world. So what happens when white families who didn't believe racism existed anymore adopts a black child? Find it on Amazon Prime or visit LokiMalholland.com to purchase a copy for your collection. You would never have a statue of, you know, some, you know, of Hitler or you know, of his generals and so forth in Germany. Why would we have that in America? Because. And why would we even give it the space to have it okay? The, Why would you even feel it's okay to have that? Levon? Because white people are not embarrassed by that. That they they hold on to what happened during that war. Most of the people that hang on to that, they don't have anything else. You don't hear educated whites saying, "I want my statue." Think about that a minute. Mm. You, you you that's not who you hear. They don't know anything else. So when they say that's my history, that is their history. It is a history of racism, but that, that is their history. And I recognize that. Right. So no, I, I don't want the signs. I don't want the, the Stone Mountain of Georgia. I don't want any of that. But it, when you make the argument about that, you it's, I don't know, it's, what's a, it's sort, short circuits conversation. Right. So now we're going to argue about whether you get the statue or not. And they will go home and say, see, I told you so. Mm. So you say, keep your statue. I'm going to put the sign over here. Why do you think they keep shooting the sign about Emmett Till? He's dead. He's dead. They killed him. But they don't want that to be the only thing their town is. It's the same reason that people want to keep the statues. No, I don't want them. But the point is, there are schools named after Confederate generals. There are towns named after them. There's all kinds of stuff. So let's let them, you want a picture of, uh, you want a statue of Robert E. Lee? Have that. Let's put over here on the side what Robert E. Lee was. It's, 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 it, it doesn't tear down the statue. It just changes the argument. It changes the argument. Because now we're no longer talking about that. I'll lay you 10 to 1. For instance, you, let me give you an example. This is, a, this is perfect. All right. Do you ever hear the people who are opposed to abortion say they're going to adopt children? They don't have a platform for that. Which means they don't care about the children. They, they, don't, they really don't. Right. So it's the, it's the wrong argument when you have an argument that does not include adoption. People, I've been around people who want those statues up. They say, that's my history. I said, well, your history to me is slavery. 
It, it's people, the only reason they fought was to protect slavery. That's why the South and the North had a fight. Right. So if you'll admit that, you keep your statue. They don't ever want to have that discussion. Now, they might feel that. They might think that. But they don't want to have it. Because what does it mean if they have to admit it? All of a sudden, you have to confront that truth that, guess what? See, they have this pretty picture. That's my history. That's what I believe. What is what, is what you believe? To me, it means, see, that just tells you right away when they start that shit, they don't talk to black people. They don't. They certainly don't talk to them to tell them the truth. But the bottom line is, the person that you're idolizing had slaves. Well, what does slavery mean to you? So we're having a different discussion. I don't give a damn. If you want to clip that, own that. But what does that mean? Why did he fight? State rights. Yeah, well, that, that's they throw that out there. But states' rights simply meant the right to have slaves. Right. That's all it meant. Exactly. But why am I not allowed to embrace my Southern heritage? Oh, you are. And and and, and respect my family history and res- you know of who these people are. Regardless if they were fighting for the wrong side, they were at least fighting for admit a principle. It. And this is a and then admit okay. it. Okay. Then have then white guy, you say that you say I believe in slavery, I believe that this guy fought for that, and I'm I'm holding up the principle of being able to fight for that. Don't have me in the states' rights yet, because the cotton used to come right into New York and would be shipped out to England. So don't tell me. So that's fine. If you if you tell me the truth about why you believe in it, then then we're we're good. But none of them ever do. Ever. Mm. Think about it. They always talk about states' rights. What does that mean? Right. Well, it just means that the state should make a decision. Okay. So to me it means slavery. You agree with that? Well, no, I don't agree with that. Or Jim Crow. Or Jim Crow. Right. Or if what goes on now? <laughs> I mean, that's what you believe in. So you can have all of that. Just tell the truth about it, and which they never do. So you take the shame away when you put next to that sign, um, whatever his name is, General Beauregard P. Whatever, owned had so many slaves, and he did this, and he did that. And he was a slave master, and that's what he did. If I can put that next to him, that's good. You keep your history, I'll keep mine. Now now equal. Right. Because if you're all up for equality, you know, because that's what, you know, the, then you should be okay with this equal sharing of history because there are two sides of this history. Absolutely. My history is not the same as yours, despite the fact that we grew up in the same place. Our history is different. Right. What I believe is different. But again, it comes back to this idea that it becomes personal on my part and respects that suddenly, well, if you're saying that my grand, my great-great-granddaddy was a racist and, and slavery and all this, then and if I be, you know, want to honor my great-great-grandfather for right. whatever, then that makes me a racist. Well, it makes you... So thus you, thus you, are, thus you are saying that I'm a racist because I, I, I love my great-great-grandfather. Who had just... Who just happened to own right, slaves? But it doesn't say that. No, 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 no. Just happened is no good. Who owns slaves so they can make money? So you tie the slavery to the house that they have, the children that they have, the schools that they attend. All of that came out of, that's the racism. 
it all came out of how I was treated years ago. My grandfather, great-grandfather, was a slave. What does that mean? Yeah, but you're not. Ah, so we are the... So I didn't own any slaves, and you Absolutely. are not a slave. So why can't so why can't no, we just put that in the past? Because we have not had the discussion about what slavery does. So when you were born, they would you were given certain rights. I was not right. I had to make myself earn that. That's the difference. No, I'm not a slave, but the, the mentality out there that keeps me enslaved and it comes. So let me ask you this. So I, yeah, no, I got you. So I was watching, I, I saw the movie, uh, um, just mercy right. last night. I heard him speak. I haven't seen the movie. Okay, it's about the equal justice right. initiative. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a smart guy. So in it, there's, there, there's a line in it that really caught my attention. Guilty from birth. Right. If you are a black man in America, you are guilty from birth. And you spend the rest of your life trying to be, uh, uh, trying to free yourself. The rest of your life. My daughter, who grew up in Westchester County, mm. I've told her, and everybody I know have told their children, especially boys, to keep their mouth shut. If a policeman pulls them over to be nice to the policeman, da da da, the, all of that. Because you are a different color. Because he is not used to seeing black people. That's today. That's not history. That's right. today. So there's not a white parent I know, and I know a lot of them, that have ever told their child that. They've told them to be respectful. No. And which is which is valid. Sure. But they don't they don't hear the same things. When we stop having to tell children if you get stopped by a policeman, be quiet. And I got in my own family because I have my wife who wanted to raise hell because the policeman stopped them when they were going somewhere. And my daughter, who's half white, had to tell a hey, mom, be cool. It's half white, but to a police officer, she's all black. She's all black. So if that's not slavery, what is? That's the problem. That's the message to people. And I don't hold anybody responsible for what their grandparents did. I don't hold anybody responsible for that. But don't tell me that you want statues of this one and you want, and that one didn't believe this, and the school systems, the most segregated school system in the world is New York City. Right. Now, why Why is that? They don't want to be around black people. Right. It's the belief that, that bothers me. It's not that they don't want to be there. It's the belief that is grained in them that black people are going to do something to them. Right. But you have a belief, but you had a belief that white people are going to do something to you. But that belief was, I did have that but belief. The, but that belief was backed up by fact in the world that you lived in. Absolutely it was. Emmett Till. I was 10 years old. They killed a guy, supposedly, for whistling at a woman. Right. All it, now, whatever one thinks of whistling at women, let's assume he did it. You're going to kill him for that? So that's that's no different than my telling my daughter or her friends, be careful when, you, when the police stop you. Right. Period. Now, why do I have to tell kids that? I don't have to tell the white kids that. So no, that 
that the white people have done nothing to me, but they've created, they've helped create this world that we live in. Want a great way to help a worthy organization and educate children about the civil rights movement? Visit our foundation, the Joan Trumpower Mulholland Foundation, at the jtmfoundation.org. That's the jtmfoundation.org. T-H-E foundation.org. We are a 501c3 established to help end racism through education. A $5 monthly recurring donation will provide curriculum for 30 students. As my mother used to say, I can't do everything, but I can do something. Because doing nothing is not an option. If you have wanted to help in this cause, but didn't know how, now you can. The Joan Trumpower Mulholland Foundation at the jtmfoundation.org. And when you say white people, that doesn't necessarily mean, I think this is part of the problem as well that people have, you know, white people have, is when you say white people, all of a sudden you are saying, I did this. That's how white people internalize that. Yes, which I'm not. Which is, which is, which you're not. No, I mean it's 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 just the broad, right? Right. It's just uh, that's just. I mean, it's just just it's a historical <laughs> fact. I, I, I didn't create white people. White people created white people. There used to not be white people and black people. They were just people. And it's okay for me to dislike you just for the point that you're a jerk. Yes, that's fine. That's but fine. not because that's just an individual basis. But don't don't put a blanket sweep on sweep on me about black people. Yeah, they ain't all idiots. Right, just like all white people aren't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's there's there are dumb people everywhere. Exactly. There are SOBs everywhere. Exactly. You, and sometimes you might even, sometimes you could even be related to them. Exactly. It shouldn't be based on race. So, you know, that's all I'm saying. And it's, what, what people hear when you say white people, I wish there was another way to say it. They've, cracker? They always what? think about what well, crackers. Uh, crack, <laughs> crackers, you're getting serious now. But, <laughs> you, you know, when, when I get to cracker, you know, I'm, I ain't talking much. We will not be talking. We're going to be fighting any, any minute now. But, all right, all right. But, but, but think about it a minute where as soon as you do that, People get offensive about it. They don't understand the history of, of race in America. And now, I just, it's just hard to, you're not blaming them for anything. You're saying, mm-hmm. help fix the problem because there is one. And so that's why yeah. I don't talk about black history anymore. I talk about history of America from a black perspective. Right. Because... You know, it, it's 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 all of our history is just that we're on different sides of it. So let let us right. fix the problem. And I'm not talking about you. If I'm talking about the individual, I will tell them that. You know, I will tell mm-hmm. them that's a racist statement, or that right. you know that makes me feel uncomfortable. Now, what, I can't what do you that. Said was racist. What you said was racist. You you aren't necessarily a racist, but what you said is racist. Exactly. See, that's part of the problem as well, is because a lot of times people, they'll read something that someone said, whatever else, and it's just a blanket sweet, and then what they call it, like a, uh, it's like canceling society, I think what they call it, whatever they do, where they just like, right. okay, well, we're just going to destroy your entire life because you said something that we didn't agree with. No. Yeah, you don't do that. And that's just nonsense. You're not going to get anywhere with that. You're not. You're not. Right. But But the idea that Hey, look, a good person can do a bad thing. Right. It doesn't make them a bad person. Right. And so, yes, you could be a decent individual and say something that's racist, 
that doesn't necessarily make you a racist. Right. Exactly. Of course it doesn't. It means okay. you were born in the same place I was. You right. were taught that. So there's a lot that goes on that's historical. And that's the thing you have to fight. That's where white people come in. Say that that history is wrong. Mm. And then it'll free you if you can say that. See, we haven't had a reconciliation. Are we allowing people to do that, though? Owning their racism without the repercussions? I don't know. We, well, we, we'll when, when I say owning it, I mean, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that you know, they're recognizing it and then going, okay, I need to change. And I want to change. I think it's, I don't know. I, I swear to God, I don't know. I think it's got to come from the top. Not, uh, I always get the bushes mixed up, but the old man almost right, apologized right. for racism in America. Mm. And he almost, he came close. But if you, you look at, I think the issue of uh, reparations got in his way. But right. uh, black people, you know, we come from the same place. So black people don't know how to trust that the white guy is just going to say what he did and we're going to move on from there. We're going to admit to uh, all of the racism that has taken place in this country that takes place now, even the kind that you're responsible for as an individual, you, you're going to talk about that. I don't know that the black people will trust that. Coming back to this idea that if white people created it, then white people should be at the forefront of dismantling it. I think it was Stokely Carmichael who said, white people need to start talking to white people. Right. Right. He did. He said and that. And so, yeah. But, so, but, but he's, the problem he had, I think, the, the thing that I didn't like was instead of, Okay. Talk to instead of instead of black people talking. To talk to both. Right. Why? Why? why not? But he didn't believe in that. Right. That's Stokely, but. But, yeah, yeah, Stokely. But, at the end of the day, I mean, the idea would be simply if there is an example of a white person stepping forward and saying something that that gives those who are afraid to say something, because what what ends up happening a lot of times is that. There's a a a, a um, silent validation, right? So someone says some off-color joke, right? Something racist or sexist or whatever, you right? Know, you know, it can it could be, and you don't you know uh, people in the room laugh, right? And that's and that's a validation, or you don't say anything at all, yeah. and that's a validation. But now, if you say it compared to when I say it, right? You're an angry black man, unless there's that relationship there. Exactly. That that, that right. But if that they go, oh, I'm you know I'm sorry. I want you know I want to learn. Whereas if I'm calling it out, it's at least not a confrontational. Right. No matter what you say, it's still going to come across as confrontational. You yes. Know, but as a white person, if I say it to another white person, there's at least a glimmer of yes. hope that. Yes. You know what the problem is? There aren't enough people like hmm. yourself to go around and talk to people. And that's why we talk to children. Because hopefully right. they won't they will come up a different way. And that's why I go to schools. That's why I like going to schools. So I can right. tell them that. But part of it is they get to see the black guy 
who could use English and talk to them and 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 the whole bit so that they understand that I'm not going to attack them. Right. Uh, I'm going to talk to them. So self, so self self preservation. Of course it is. Yeah. You know, I love them, but let's face it. My work has taken me to a lot of places and I've been fortunate to meet some incredible people. But when I came to Selma and met Joanne Blackman Bland, I knew I was in the presence of greatness. Joanne was 11 years old when she was attacked on the Edmund Pettus Bridge on Bloody Sunday in 1965. She wasn't old enough to vote, but understood its importance enough to be there. After Selma is an in-depth look at how our right to vote has eroded since the signing of the 1965 Voting Rights Act, the fight for the right to vote continues. Get informed. You can find After Selma on Amazon Prime or visit LokiMulholland.com to purchase a copy for your collection. So really the discussion, if we're going to start talking about race and racism, is a discussion of experience. Right. And these, 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 these lived experiences. Correct. And that, quite frankly, most white people have no idea what that experience truly is. So they don't have that empathy. No, they do not. They do not. Right. If something happens to you, it's your fault. Whatever that is. You know, if, if, if you grew up in America, and this is all you've been taught, and this is what your society says right. to you, what else would, what other conclusion would you come to? So, and thus, now, obviously, society's been created to, you know, to, to maintain, if not a physical separation, an emotional and mental Absolutely. separation between Absolutely. white and black. Absolutely. And so to be able to bridge that divide creates that empathy. That's the problem. Right. We don't we don't know we don't know how to do that. And that's what I want to do with this discussions is is to have people understand these experiences. It's one of the things you said a long time ago to me. Uh, the America you you know I grew up in is not the same one that you that's, grew up in. And, and and is that ever true? We live in we live in two different we live in Absolutely. two different Americas. Absolutely. Right. And and as be able to you know to to bridge that divide. Uh, to help people understand, because I mean, I, I remember when I first met you, Levon. I mean, uh, it was at the, you know, obviously it was the 50th anniversary of the Freedom yeah. Rides. Uh, we were at the, uh, we we're at the, the, the at the museum, the Smith Robertson Museum, the right. Smith Robertson Museum, right. And there's my mom, right, who uh, you know this this little five foot nothing right white woman, and the and. The unique relationship that you and her have. Yeah, we do. <laughs> which which would have gotten you killed. You know, well, get still get you killed. Right. But uh, only she, only she <laughs> might do the killing but, now. But <laughs> no. <nah>, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or your wife. Yeah, or my wife. Right. <laughs> right. But but in Mississippi. Oh yeah. I mean, a, a black man and a white woman. I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking Emmett Till here. We're, you know, we're. Oh yes. All, all of that added together, and yet somehow you guys had this relationship. It wasn't a physical relationship that I'm aware of. Right. But right. It was, it was just a real relationship of two people who were fighting for the same thing. Right. Right. And yet, right. There was still a disconnect at times. Yes. But what was it about my mom, that despite growing up 
with a very, very much steeped in Southern lore, because most of it's a lie and a myth anyways, but steeped in this and living in America. What was it about that, that you and her could bridge that clearer racial and gender divide? Because that was a, that's a critical component when you're talking white and black. That you could actually have that relationship. What was it that made it work? That that we could that we can learn from today. Honesty. When she believes something or I believe something, you heard it. So the question me and and part of what you heard was I got your back. So it was honesty that made the relationship. Mm-hmm. It was we just grew up differently. Right, and, and she was willing to stay in the South to do what she had to do, and she stayed among Black people, and she was okay with that. She just, and, and, and when she didn't understand something, she didn't claim to. And I think that's what did it. It was, it was, it was, it was honesty. Mm. So, she, so she didn't try to white-splain everything to you either. That would have been the end of the friendship, because I was... My 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 thing with white people was iffy right then anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I didn't go for that at all. She was she was honest about she felt stuff. She felt it deeply. She was honest about what she believed, what she thought, what she did. And when she didn't understand something, she would say so. When she thought she understood it, she would say so. So, but this. So this, but this, at the end of the day, for this white person, she had to make yes the leap. She had to cross Absolutely. the divide. Absolutely. And this really came from a this really came from a desire to want it did things to be different. It did. So it's not just you know it's just it's not just words it's deeds. Oh, it has to be. It has to be. Thank you again for listening. Make sure you head to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Mulholland. Show a little love if you can and get access to even more content. Until next time, don't be afraid to get uncomfortable.